This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. Sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who celebrated in, I'm sure, appropriate fashion when the impossible happened on Sunday and Relish won the button lover, Josh Soroka. Josh, where were you when Relish finally won the hot dog race? People realize that the fan, super excited fan that dumped Relish on himself, that was a staged, like, PR people by the Orioles, right? Like, you realize that, right? No? You don't believe that? Well, uh, you're referring to the video of someone getting relished yes. up over set. Yes. And, then an, and yeah. then an article that then proceeded to be written and passed along the Internet about an Oriole fan being so excited that he dumped relish all over himself. Yes, it had to be for a lot of reasons, right? Yeah, like legitimately, like they won't let you carry a bucket of relish into Camden Yards. That's problem A. Problem B is relish hasn't won all year, so they either had inside information or they just carried a bucket of relish every every single game. All right, problem number three, this is is today's show. We're going to break down the problems with relish. (laughs) Problem number three, the camera crew was framed exactly on him when relish would win. Yeah. Problem number four, they were all wearing relish T-shirts. Yeah, all right, fine. Problem number five, <laughs> there were no strangers. How pissed would you be if you were sitting in front of those people yeah. and you got relish splattered all over you? Well, in fairness, that, the, the seats are pretty spare out there. All right, and problem number six, big mistake by Oriole PR. They, they don't have the patience. Remember the Nats? The Nats waited like three years for uh, – for one of their presidents to actually win the president race. Oh, really? I, don't, I, don't know. Yeah, I don't remember which one it is or whatever, Probably but Lincoln. I remember yeah. they made one of the guys wait like three years until he finally won a race. The Orioles blew this in like 65 days. Yeah. That's like 30 games. Well, the, you, you need to let the relish go like 162, 161. If you did it on the final home game, and then I guess he lost 80 times, one in 80. Then I'd be fine with that. But I'd rather you wait 
until the Orioles are ready to win. The problem is whoever's doing the hot dog races is clearly not Mike Elias because Mike Elias yes. can wait many years for something yes. to win. Mike yeah, Elias has clearly, that patience. Clearly the people in charge of the hot dog race are old guard of the Orioles. Or maybe it's Brandon Hyde who's like, crap, I don't care. I just want to win now. I'm so tired of losing. So you're saying it's a distraction. It's a let's get people to stop talking about the fact that the Orioles keep blowing games and let's uh, let people talk about relish. Well, ironically, this week, there's so many good things that happened with the Orioles this week. Josh, I see you're chugging a Red Bull. How many Red Bulls have you had over the past three days? Uh, this over, is only my... Over you know, under 10 in the past three days. Uh, this is my uh, second. Did this you go to Sam's Club and just buy like a 24-pack for, uh, for your week there? I have a 12-pack and then some other stuff yeah. currently, but I may need to refresh because yeah this is the week and i think i've done 336 many times from here where i'm up in new jersey for the middle school camp and this year's a little different because it's two weeks back to back so it's two five it's two five-day camps back to back so i'm up here for 10 days instead of the normal five so uh yeah lots of red bull will be drunk and drank yeah. Which is why we're recording in the afternoon and it's kind of squeezing in a, a kind of short episode, which is weird for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll be up to all hours editing yeah. video and doing all that other nonsense. Right. And oh, <laughs> so we were supposed to record tonight, but instead I found out I have to uh, watch a middle school talent show. And I'll just tell you, middle school camp talent show, uh, not my favorite thing of the week every year. Maybe my least favorite thing of the week every year. Mm. There's no talent. It's not like America's Got Talent. It's not. Uh, no. And they're okay. middle school kids. So, like, they, they, they don't know yet that like, they don't have talent. And when you see this stuff on TV, like, you have guys like Simon Cow or whatever that shut them down and let them know how stupid they are. Yeah. We're at a middle school camp. Middle yeah. schoolers will cry if you don't applaud for them. Yeah. So Very they don't understand. Group of young people. Yeah. But you know who really bothers me? The counselors that do the same skit over and over again every year and think they're funny because middle schoolers laugh at them. Mm. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah, there is a middle school humor that you can nail. Yeah. And if you can nail it every year, go for it. Oh, I'm sure that's what you do as a teacher. (laughs) Same jokes. You know what you're speaking to. Yeah, I got my script. And, you know, it's great. And it's the same, I guess, with counseling because the students circulate every year so I can reuse my material and they've never heard it before. So it's brand new for them. Oh, and that's the advantage this year because there was no camp last year because of COVID. So it's two years of new kids. Oh, yeah. So. So, but for you, for veterans like you, it's getting bit old. <laughs> it's my 20th. This is my 20th year up here. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen it all. Um, no, but but the interesting thing about, I was saying before you got distracted with your Red Bull chugging, is this week has been a really lot of highlights for the Orioles. I mean, we saw one game where on Cedric Mullins' T-shirt night, he went deep twice. This yeah. past week, we also saw Trey Mancini hit not one, not, I'm not, I'm sorry. Ryan Mountcastle hit not one, but two, but three home runs. We and didn't Mullins saw... have two in that game also? Yeah, in his T-shirt night, he had two. Oh, I think Mullins had two again on that, on the Mountcastle night. Well, that was the same night, I think. I think that was all Friday. No, no, that was Friday, and that was... Saturday, too? Saturday, I think, yeah. Well, and then Sunday was the game where Trey Mancini hit two home runs. Like, this is just all run together. It's, it's right. a lot of great offensive performances. Yes. Yeah. Not last night, where we almost got no hit, but... <laughs> 
Yeah. Before that, there's been some some pretty cool always highlights, but those games we've we've lost. So right, it's been some cool offensive highlights, but also it's been a lot of losing and a lot of um, and we'll get to this also a lot of ugly highlights. I mean, Jim Palmer has been going off on 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 the Oregon Pedro. Um, well, I mean, he Was went off frame this time. What did he go off on? On Franco, I think it was Franco. I can't be 100% sure. I think it was Michael Franco, but someone missed the cutoff to home plate. Uh, and this was reminiscent. There was that wacky well, play at Cleveland where there was the rundown or whatever. Yeah, where where no, forget, one, no one was covering third. Yeah, and the guy ran all the way to third from yes. first. People forget on the previous play, um, there was a couple runners on, and there was a throw home, and Franco let it go. He didn't cut it off which allowed the runners to go to second and third instead of first and second. So this yeah. is the second time in a week where Franco has missed the cutoff or someone else has missed the cutoff. Right. But that's like basic little league, you know, know where it is and cut the baseball off so the runners can't advance. And we're yeah. not doing that. So that's been frustrating. Yeah. there's And there's been a lot of, well, then it's just like, yeah, pass balls behind home plate, catchers that aren't catching pitches. I mean, a lot of little fundamental stuff that's been hurting the Orioles lately. Oh yeah, and 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 that combined with bad pitching, right? You just look at the last yes. week, the Cleveland series on Tuesday, seven runs we gave up, then we gave up eight runs, then we gave up ten runs, then we had the one run game, and then ten runs again, then seven runs, then ten runs last night. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you can't win when when you're giving up at least seven runs right. in every single game except for one this past week. That's hard to win some some baseball games. Was sir. it was it Saturday that we had a three run lead in the eighth and managed to blow it? Yeah, yeah, Saturday. I mean, so, yeah, some frustrating games. Yeah, it's been bad starting pitching, bad bullpen. Like it's been just across the board bad yeah. pitching, despite some nice offensive performances. Yep. How much of that's on the manager and how he's used to pitching for these late inning losses, pulling well, pitchers yeah. too soon? Yeah. Like the, it, it's hard, right? Because this is because the cutoff stuff. I don't know who else you can blame except for the manager, right? Like cutoffs. Even well, if no, even no. if cut, you can't blame the manager for cutoffs. Not getting cutoffs is the players. Oh really? Do you think that's managers? Do you, I think more than anything. These, these are major league pitchers. <laughs> these are major league players. You think that the manager needs to tell them to get the cutoff? Fair or unfair, when players don't mentally make the right plays, that, I think, reflects poorly on the manager. Whether they're mentally not into the game or whatever, like that, to me, reflects poorly on the manager, whether it's fair or not. I see a little of that. The, sure. the pitching stuff is just, to me, ah, I mean, I mean, I think the one he was criticized at the end of that game where they blew the lead is Fry was struggling with location. Then they brought in Tyler Wells, um, you know, at the end of the game to close it out. And to get the one out, and, I, I, and he's a, a rule five guy. Right. So you're trying to say, look at what he has to work with. Yeah, and honestly, if Tyler Wells is the hot hand. I don't care about his age. I don't care if he's a rule five guy. Who's pitching right. the best? And Tyler Wells, outside the guys you're already using that game, was, was was pitching the best. And yeah, the argument is he doesn't have much to work with. Here's what I don't know, Josh. Yep. I, I don't like Keegan Aiken, Jorge Lopez, Matt Harvey. These are three. Possibly quality bullpen arms, and they're all starting for us. Yeah, you is know that Elias' fault? Is that Elias' fault? Like, what, what's happening there? That's that's we, the big problem here. Yeah, and that's a uh, Elias problem. That's not a Hyde problem. Um, it's not Hyde's fault that 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 the team did not give him a starting rotation. Yeah, well, it's been unfortunate because 
I was expecting a lot in the young pitchers, right? Kramer, Zimmerman, Aiken. Lowther, Wells, maybe throw Aiken in that list. And none of those guys have pitched well. And I thought, like, yeah. out of those five, a couple of them will emerge and have decent years. Right. None of them pitched well. Wells hasn't even made it to the majors yet because he's been pitching poorly at, at Norfolk. Lately, he's been a little bit better. Um, and Lowther, again, hasn't been able to be consistently in the majors because he hasn't pitched well in AAA. So yep. um, it's it's just frustrating that there's not not better options out there. It, it, it does. It makes you a little worrisome about uh, even next year when you don't have rotation staff. I see the rotation coming together for 2023 with some young guys like Grayson Grace Rodriguez and uh, uh, the, that other guy over in Bowie. But uh, Dia Hall, yeah. Dia Hall, that's the name. But I don't see anything like this could get ugly in August, September. Yeah, and people forget, but in the offseason last year, they were talking about, okay, guys, just wait till we get Alex Wells and Zach Lothar and – and and these guys come up and 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 Aiken and Kramer and 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 this will be a good kind of young rotation, but it's not like they're not good. Um, and so you wonder like who who's there, like who who who's next, and there's no one really right. next um, to help us. Or, or you're right, next year too, we're going to have the same problem because I don't think Grayson Rodriguez is going to be ready to start the year next year. No, they're not going to rush him. And what you should be happening in is you should be trying to figure out can Jorge Lopez be a good bullpen arm. Can Keegan Aiken be a good bullpen arm? But you can't do that because no one else is able to start. Right, right. Unless you, yeah, unless you suddenly call all these games bullpen games and put yeah. them in there for three innings. Yeah, but then you don't have enough arms. Right, so you're going to wear out that bullpen because no one's pitching deep in the games. Right, because even if you did that once a week or twice a week, the other guy's only going four innings anyway. Your starter's only going four innings. So it's yeah. not sustainable. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's like the team's no good. Well, and then like this week, it is like the team's no good. And then this week, John Means hasn't been here, right? Because he's on the right. 10 day or whatever. So you didn't, all these large numbers of runs given up. And you also don't have John Means to kind of calm everything down every fifth day and give your bullpen a kind of a quick breather. And we played teams with good offense. Yep. Uh, I mean, we played Toronto's offense is insane. Houston's playing better than anyone in baseball right now. And before that, we had Cleveland. Like these are all winning teams. Like they're right. all good teams. So it's not surprises. It's not surprising that we're losing. Um, it's a little surprising, kind of. It's, it's surprising how badly we're losing. And, it's surprising and because we're mistakes. losing games that we're putting up a bunch of runs and where we've got the lead at some point in the game. Uh, yeah. So that's the surprising part. I mean, being almost no hit was annoying, but not as surprising as some of these weekend losses. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. When I mean, when, yeah, I agree. It's been. I mean, you were, yeah. I mean, you were up. What? Yeah, you were up three runs in the eighth, and blew that on Saturday, and then Sunday, um, you never, you you had Sunday. You played well enough that it looked like you were coming back. It was six four at one point, and then things fell apart. Or five four, and then things fell apart. Yeah, I mean the game of Saturday was just insane, right? Because we had not only did we have the lead, that was the game where Mountcastle hit three home runs. Right, Mullins, Mullins had two home runs, and Stewart, DJ Stewart, had a home run. Right. Okay, so that's what six home runs, and we lost ten seven. That is ridiculous. Yeah, but I did find it surprising that. Uh, no one was really talking about our losing streak. Uh, when people really did talk about the losing streak when we lost the whatever, 14 in a row. Yeah. Uh, but we lost nine in a row before that win on Friday. And then yeah. we've lost three since then. So 
whatever, we're one in 13 over the last week and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'm sure my math was just wrong, but uh, in the past two weeks, we've got two wins. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now. We have um, Wednesday, the ninth, we lost. Or we right. on Tuesday the eighth we won, and then right. since then what we've only won one game, right? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Past two yeah. weeks, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Sorry, middle school camp. No, <laughs> time. Right. no concept of time. So yeah, so the past two weeks, yeah, we won. You know, one game, two if you want to count. I guess the game on Tuesday. Right. Won two games. Either way, it's not pretty. It's not. Pretty. No, it's not good. Um, and it's going to be one of those things of uh, how the season goes, and because of that. What's being lost in the big picture of baseball is that Cedric Mullins should be at the All-Star game. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Because he is playing extremely well on a losing team, he's not getting the attention. And unfortunately, he's also got the Trey Mancini story that's probably going to get Trey Mancini into the All-Star game as that uh, manager pick option. But Mullins totally deserves to be there. Yeah, it's one of these rare cases where a team as dreadfully bad as the Orioles deserves two players. And we legitimately deserve two players in the All-Star yes, game. we do. Um, and that's hard because usually when we're this bad and traditionally when the Orioles have been this bad, like maybe we didn't even deserve one, but someone had to go in there. But this year we legitimately <laughs> deserve two. Also, I'm really excited, Josh, about, and I know some people don't get really excited about this anymore, but I'm really excited about the Home Run Derby in Colorado. I'm pumped yeah. about Shohei Sho- Otani being there. Who just hits massive bombs. All right, I've and I want to see Trey Mancini in there. Have they announced who's going to the home run derby? No. Like, I know Shohei Sho- Otani came out and said he There's wants no to participate. Way. There's no way the Angels are letting him. Oh, he said, he said he's playing. Really? He he's the Angels it, yeah. are okay with that? I suppose. I mean, he's a grown man. I, I, I get that. But he's also he's also a pitcher slash batter. He's, he's their best hitter and their best pitcher. Yeah, right. exactly. He's their number one guy. Um Vlad, yeah. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero has declined. If, I think he was offered, but he declined it. So I, it's baseball, not yet, but it's starting to trickle down. Baseball is stupid if they do not invite Trey Mancini into the home run derby. Yep, I agree. The story of being able to focus on Trey Mancini and his cancer with him doing the home run derby is just an awesome. We already know he's a lock for comeback player of the year. Yeah, put him in that home run derby, and you can start that celebration stuff and the story national storyline about Trey Mancini then. Yep, I agree. So, but I don't know how they're doing. Like, it seems like every few years they change the way they pick who does the home run derby. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, well, we're going to pick these two players, and then they pick their friends to do it, it seems like. It's weird. Yeah, and it's weird because not – I mean, some people want to do it. Some people don't want to do it. So it's Right, there's, there's fear of it messing with you. Yeah, there's that. That's it ruined, it that ruined, ruins, ruined yeah. Chris Davis's career. Yeah, which I think is all nonsense. Well, not <laughs> I do. Famous, but... I also, I'm superstitious, but also think it's nonsense. Yeah. So. Well, I also wanted to touch on, oh, just wanted to note about Trey Mancini. It's talking about Trey Mancini. Yeah. I was surprised by this, Josh. Fastest player in Orioles history um, who began their career with Baltimore to reach 100 home runs. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was surprising, too. I, I You would think it'd be someone like Cal. Yeah, or or um, mm. uh, even maybe an outside. I guess not Brady Anderson. He just had a That's couple. That's what I was trying years. to think. Right, but well, uh, and other guys, other big bats during that era, like your Rafael Palmeiras and stuff, were, were did not start with the Orioles. Yeah, surprised um, Brady didn't get to reach one hundred. Is that what you said? One hundred. 
surprising because Brady got 50 in one year. So yeah, he got 50 in one year, but he must get, have been, he was around, I think, for a few years when that happened. Yeah, I guess he it took him a few years to get to Roids. Yeah, exactly. So or a good training, I mean, a good training regimen. So so what, just two weeks ago we had this whole do we trade trade Mancini discussion. Yeah. And I think we're gonna have to have continue to have it probably again next week and the week after. Um, because I think the hotter Trey Mancini gets, the more likely you are to trade him. Yeah, I mean, I think the only wrong opinion on this is, like, I heard J- J- Jason Lacanforest say it, and his co-host Ken Wingman or whatever. They, he's, they, they, they said like Weinman, Weinman. Oh, Weinman. They, 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 they said the answer is like you have. He's definitely will be traded. He's gone. Like there's 100 percent will be traded. And the only thing, I, the only thing I, I think, the only right answer is it's really hard. And I guarantee Mike Elias has not decided one way or the other. Like right. he's going to wait he, to see what he is offered. He's going to wait and see kind of you know how Trey Mancini plays uh, the next month. And it's going to be a really tough decision where yes. you measure performance, also clubhouse presence, also what it means to this Community. team. Like all those are parts of this. Right. All the jelly beans. Right. And it, it doesn't mean that, okay, that means you're not going to trade, tra- trade Mancini. It just means the cost might be a little more than teams are willing to pay. But we'll yes. see if teams are willing to pay that. Right. And I think you're right. The only wrong answer right now about Trey Mancini is anyone who's saying he's definitely being traded or he's definitely not being traded. Right. There's no definition right now. Right. Um, there's just about as much certainty is there as there is in uh, who's going to go number five in the in the draft, who the Warriors going to pick number five. No one knows that either. So stop right. if you do. Right. You sure. Uh, so, uh, and you, you did see Josh after starting. The, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday. You probably didn't because you're busy. But they did. After the first inning, they pulled Keegan Aiken aside. And checked his glove and belt and stuff. Oh, I, I, I missed that. I got the game on late. Okay. So I was like, I, shoot, they, they need to, they, to make baseball fair, they should like start giving, the ump should give Keegan Aiken something and check the other pitcher, but then give Keegan Aiken some spider tack or whatever it is to help him um, just to make things more even. I'm thinking this is a money making opportunity for us where we need to uh, come up with a machine, kind of like the uh, machine that you go in the airport where you put your hands above your head and the little bar goes around you uh-huh. to scan for explosives or whatever, where it the, the pitcher has to walk through it when going up to the mound and it scans their body for foreign substance. Oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. Because because I saw, yeah, a few replays where they're checking the glove, they're checking the hat, they're checking the belt line. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, because they know, if, if, if there's one thing certain in baseball, it's that you're going to try to cheat. Yeah. So if you're checking the hat, if they catch whip that, oh, managers are checking gloves and hats, they're going to they're gonna find a new place to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they certainly are. You're going uh, to see pitchers uh, start tucking their shirts in between every pitch. Well, there already was a story. Who, who was that? Let's do Jeff Passon talking about players putting it on his crotch and, and reaching down there. <laughs> I missed that story yet. But yeah, yeah. He talked about a player. He, ta- he talked to a player who did this. It was just, he adjusted, he adjusted himself several times an inning and he was going down for something. Yeah. So soon we're going to see managers <laughs> grabbing people. Yeah. And then yeah. other, other, maybe other, um, yeah. Uh, managers will complain about other players touching themselves too much right. and maybe there'll be a rule. Like you can only touch yourself now, three times a game. Um, and that's too much. After you touch yourself another time, that's right. too much. Now, since they cracked down on these substances, spin rate is down in baseball. 
And offense is up. And offense is up. Yep. So does that mean this is a good thing? Does this mean we can stop the discussion about moving the mound, changing the height of the mound, because we found the problem? And now we're getting rid of this spider tack and things are balancing out? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the other side of it is the Tyler Glass now who got injured. I don't know the interview with him, but he said, you know, he just he had to change his grip on the ball. And Amy has a good point, right? Like you're throwing this at midseason and he used the whatever it is, the suntan lotion and rosin, whatever it was, um, or the pine tar and suntan lotion. Yep. But, but he said like he now has to change his grip on the ball when he throws just to have, you know, the better grip. And he thinks that's what causes arm injury, too. And it is kind of messed up midseason throwing this at the players. Yeah, that's um, my only problem with it. But it's but it does season. seem to be better for baseball that you're cracking down on this. Right. Okay, I um, want to touch on – I went to the Bowie Bay Sox game. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You went and saw Grayson Rodriguez and the whole gas can thing, and you got to see Adley Rushman and, uh, and all that. Yeah, and I got to tell you, Josh, we were sitting there in the front row one – I was talking. I was talking to Zany Burt Rohde. Yeah, and he was praising you for the seats you guys got for this game. Yeah, he said, "I don't know how Matt got seats this good." Yeah, well, you know, I got, I'm, I'm, I got, I got some sort of connections, Josh. I got the day before the game too. The, 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 the day before the game. Nah, I waited. Little, I saw. Yeah, you say I'm Matt from Section Three Thirty Six. No, but what I did is you go online. I don't know why this is, Josh. You go online. They don't have all the seats listed. Yeah, but you call yeah. up. And I say, hey, what what are the best seats you can get me? And all of a sudden, they, they can make things happen for you. I see. I tried a little, hey, I'm Josh from Section 336 with the Bay Sox today. Oh, did you? Yeah, because they announced they're doing their Top Gun giveaway in June, July. Oh, so yeah. I sent them a message saying, hey, uh, can you send me one down to Florida? <laughs> and they wrote back and said, no. So I'm like, oh, whoever's now running the Bay Sox, uh, whatever interns running the Bay Sox Twitter does not know who I am. Yeah. So I got to make some new connections over there. Put put you in your place. I have one of those in a box somewhere now. Uh In a pod? In a pod somewhere, yeah. Um, But yeah, it was was the feeling, Josh. It was was a weird feeling, right? Because, I mean, it wasn't wasn't even a sellout. I think there was, I think they announced 6,000 people. There. Hey, that's that's more than some Oriole games this season. You're you're not wrong. And so for that little stadium, it, it was pretty crowded. Was it an excited crowd? Yes. Like the like, feeling was there was electricity in the air. Like it was. Uh, that's cool. We haven't seen yeah. that in a few years in Camden. Yeah, it was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool feeling. Um, like they were just into it. You could tell they were into it both with the with the gas cans. Did you see and friends just, there? Like, the noise. Yeah, I saw. Well, I saw um, a friend of the show, and for, well, not friend. I don't know a, a listener um, and a, a former student of mine. A friend of the show is okay. like we've interviewed him. That's not really well. A friend of the show would be RDT, Derek Arnold, any of those guys down there. I saw. I saw RDT. I talked to him for. for he was sitting in my same section. Gotcha. Um, so I was talking to him a little bit. He he accused me, I think, of not being loud enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I feel being loud at the ump in a in a minor league game, sitting in the first uh, row. I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah, in, in a, right in the major <laughs> league game, you understand you're gonna yell. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you. The ump for a bad call in a yeah, in the minor league game. Um, but but yeah, but I talked to him for a minute. I mean, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, he 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 got hit a little bit, but he's thrown hard, thrown thrown just um, you know hundred miles per hour. 
Um, he hit 103 one time on the gun. I don't know how accurate that gun is. That's, it's not a minor league gun. I mean, yeah. 103. Yeah, I heard. I heard. But even even if it's like three miles per hour too high. Yeah, then he's hitting 100. He's hitting 100. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the last inning, like he was, the last inning he pitched, he was hitting 98 consistently. How much substance? Um, well, I don't know. You, you don't know those minor leagues. Um, right. I think Steve Johnson said, like, I thought, I think he said on Twitter, like, he didn't start using stuff to get the majors. Like, there's something about the major league ball that's slicker or something. I don't know. Or, or that's where the majors is where they teach you to cheat. Or that that's where everyone does it. So you start doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it was, it was exciting. Um, it wasn't the greatest baseball game. Um, Adley Rutschman came up with the bases loaded. Um, and hit into a double play. <laughs> that was disappointing because everyone was super pumped to see Adley come up with the bases loaded. Right. Um, but it was cool. Uh, you, 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 now Diaz, uh, batted second. Uh, oh, right. He was there for like an injury rehab, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was doing his rehab stint there. So it's cool to see him. Taron Vavra. I wanted to see him. He, he, that was right before that was right when he went on the IO. Um, but no, it was, it was fun to see Grayson and Adley. And it's true what they say about Adley. The, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard this said before, but it's true. He runs after no matter who's pitching, whether it's Grayson or some bum from the bullpen. After the inning, he sprints out to the pitcher's mound and like walks kind of arm in arm with the pitcher back to the dugout. Oh, like talking, talking about, about pitch selection or whatever. Yeah, 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 talking about the inning and uh, and how it That's went. It. And I like that a lot. And that yeah. makes me. You know what that does? That makes me want to wait even more to bring Adley up so that he moves along with his pitching staff. Yeah. You can just tell, like um, people have said this, like just like, he's a leader. He looks like a boy. He still looks like a little boy, um, but you can tell. Just, <laughs> he like, is a boy. He's, he's like this, 21 or something. 23. And he's got that baby face to him too. But, but you can also tell how kind of pitchers look at him and um, just how, and just read any quotes about him, how much he's respected on that field by the other players. So he is, does tend to be this born leader. Right. He is like, and like, you know, the small stuff, right? Like, like he popped the ball up to, to second base and he was like, by the time the second baseman caught it, the guy was, he was at second base just because he sprinted the entire way. Um, just that, that kind of, he got just that kind of attitude. He was yeah. like, I noticed he was, he was, he had to strap up, strap up his own shin straps, his own catcher's gear. Shouldn't be there. Shouldn't there be someone there to strap up his knee, his knee, his knee gear to put on his helmet for him to, to, adjust, do for him. to adjust his cup. If, if need be to adjust this cup, <laughs> what do you, there, there what should do you think be someone there. Like you're, a little, you're, it. You're, you're acting like it's like uh, King Arthur or whatever. Yeah, there got should the be little, a little squire. He's got the, guy put, the squire putting on his armor. There needs to be a squire there to put on his armor, to follow him everywhere. Um, so you're saying the, the bat boy's got to step it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want Adley exerting any energy not involved in the baseball field. And there was like this awkward moment, too, where he, uh, a runner stole and he threw a seed right to second base. There was just no one covering second base, unfortunately. <laughs> so the ball off, it was like, what am I, camping yards again? What's that? Uh, I know, that's an Oriole move. Yeah, and I think that had to do with also uh, Vavra, our regular shortstop, was just injured. That was like the first game he missed. And so there was. The, there was like a new second baseman, and the second baseman went to shortstop, so everything right. was kind of mixed up there. <laughs> gotcha. That's funny. But but yeah, um, it was it was great to see them. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some more Adley in my future and Grayson Rodriguez in my future. But there was it was that, that the takeaway of the game was the crowd was super into it. It felt electric. People were people were pumped and into it. It was it was really the, fun. Right, because these people are going to all be at Camden in a couple years when these guys are coming up along with that buzz that these five, 6,000 people make 
then grows, and that's why we're going to have packed stadiums in a few years again at Camden. Yeah, and it's not just the amount of people, right? But it's like, like when we go, I, I mean, who cares, right? Who right. cares? Like, I want to root for the Orioles. Right. Who cares? But really, right? I'm watching Jorge Lopez pitch to Pedro Severino. <laughs> what am I watching here? And we're going to hang out and enjoy time yes. outside, enjoy the game. We're not going, like, with dreams and aspirations of the World Series. Yeah, it's as much just to hang out than it is to watch the game, right? Yes. Um, but when you went to see Adley and Grayson, I didn't go there to hang out with the Zany one, Burt Rody. I don't really care about him. He was just <laughs> sitting next to me. But I came to watch Adley and Grayson. Right. How many times, how many times did you tell Silas, this is the future? This is, <laughs> this is going to be what Cal Ripken Jr. is to me. Yeah, no, I, but I did say when he said, he, I want to get up and walk around that, I said, no, Adley comes up in an in, inning and a half. We're not going anywhere to see Adley, Adley hit. And as far as when Grayson's pitching, we're not going anywhere either, all right? So come the sixth inning, we can walk around a little bit more, but I'm staying mm-hmm. here to watch Grayson pitch and Adley hit. Right, right. Yeah, because don't worry, Silas. One day you might have a little brother named Adley, and you need to know why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. At what point, Josh, do you think it's safe to name a kid Adley? Is it safe yet? I don't want this to backfire. This could be like, you're safe. This could be Ryan Minor. With Brooke, you're you're, you're, you're safe, right? Like, he's established his legacy. With Camden, you're safe because, again, Camden's not going to lose its luster. And and hey, if if you named your kid Manny years ago, I, I get it. Manny Machado was exciting, but do you really want your son named after a San Diego Padre? Yeah. No one, good, no one the, will ever remember Manny Machado as a Baltimore Oriole. Well, we will, but yeah, and anyone outside of Baltimore. Right. Uh, but and but Manny even, maybe you can say, oh, you know, there's other people named Manly, Man, Manny. Like, that's a pretty popular name, Manny. But Adley <laughs> is a little more unique. I feel <laughs> who who like. else are you going with? Manny Ramirez? Oh, yeah, well, I named Manuel him after a Baltimore Red Sox. Uh, um, but, but yeah, Adley is a, Adley is, is like there's not a lot of Adleys out there, so people are gonna yes. know. And what okay. if I name my kid Rutschman? Um, what, that that'd be even more obvious, Rutschman. All right, um, yeah, you're right. Then you better go with Grayson. Is Grayson safer? Yeah, or DL, DL. Uh, what they said there was an, uh, a question at the game what DL stood for. Uh, um, I forget what it was, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why it goes by DL. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit silly, um, but that's why it goes by DL. Yeah, I don't. You know, I've never, uh, I've never like, wondered what does DL Hall stand or DL you, stand for. They said it at the game, and now I forget. Um, Disc I know, Jockey? No, that wasn't it. Dayton Lane. Yeah, yeah, Dayton Lane. That was it. So gotcha. I like DL better. Yeah, DL is better than Dayton Lane. Yeah. Um, but no, really fun game. And then I also found out sticking with the minors real quick. I was reading the article about, uh, cause anytime Hurston Kerstet's name is mentioned in any article, <laughs> oh, I, I read it cause I've become a little bit obsessed with yeah, I'm a little concerned about the, our, our take on, on Kirsten, I think has changed over the past week. Yeah. Cause over the past week we found out he had, I guess a, a reoccurrence or something. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. this heart inflammatory thing, yep. myocarditis had kind of re, I don't know. Ignited, re-inflamed. I don't know what the word is here. Um, has re- reoccurred, and so he has kind of been put on hold again. Um, and so again, when you know, when you talk about heart inflammation, he can't even play. I mean, everything's been put on hold. So we wish for the best for him. But I was reading an article about him because you know, I'm I'm really concerned about the state of the world's future. I, I do hope the best for him as well. And, right, but, and yeah, I wish the best for him and his health and his future and all. Absolutely. But I'm also a little concerned now 
that he may retire from baseball before ever breaking with the Orioles yeah. because of health reasons. Yeah, this is because this is not something where like, oh, just rehab and then you're good in a week. No, this like, clearly is something bigger. And yeah. you remember, we had a, we had a Raven player that had a heart issue, and like he like had to retire after like two years of football. Yeah, because of of, uh, of an issue. Yeah, and, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez is back in pitching now. He had the same issue. He's back in pitching, right? But obviously, we we know very little about this, and we know that COVID affected this type of stuff differently and we don't know how much that inflamed and made things worse so we yeah. really don't we don't know anything and that's we, we, we don't know if it's scary. covid related we just all assume it's covid related because well it's um, a, other people have been infected like that right well it's an issue i think he had pre-covid but covid can flare it up okay or affect it more i don't know yeah there's just um, a, lot of, a lot of unknowns about yeah it's just and it and it Made me go from thinking, oh, this isn't a big deal. He'll just get in whenever he gets in to, oh, he might not make it to the team. Yeah. And if you're, listen, if you're, if, if I'm heading his shoes, I mean, I got to be contract for signing. This is not like, oh, I can re injure my knee and I'll walk with a limp. This is like my heart here. Right. Yeah. And totally. So I, like, I fully understand if you feel like it could reoccur again and could be life threatening, why would you continue playing? Like, right. you just and retire. Right, but at the same time, you're right. It's a heart thing where it's like if you made it this far in baseball, it's very rare that you're doing this just for the paycheck. You're doing this because you love baseball yeah. and you want to play baseball. You don't want to retire at 22 and go work at a car dealership. Oh, yeah. Like, Josh, you think this is frustrating for Oriole fans? Imagine it's got to be so frustrating for him. Yeah. I mean, imagine. It's, it's, I, 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 I can't even I, put myself in his shoes. That would be infuriating. All you want to do is play baseball. And you can't get out and play in the no. same game. Yeah. No, we've we, you and I have had conversations about softball and how we'll go out there and play hurt. Yeah, so I, I went out with kidney stones just to play because I didn't want to miss a game. I threw out my back and still played. Right. Still had so, that. yeah. So you know, like the competitiveness that you and I have is like a thousand times what he's got as a professional. Right. Yeah, and we put in zero effort into our softball right. game. This, this guy's put in all life. his hours into right. yeah, his, his baseball. Game. And our game means nothing. Yeah, his game means making millions of dollars. Yeah, setting up himself and his family for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, it's got to be frustrating for him. Yeah. Um, but I was reading uh, on the same article was talking about um, you know some of the other high schoolers, these other kind of guys we just drafted, and it was cool to read that um, uh, Mike Elias, or I don't know who it is, Matt Blood, who's ever in charge of this thing, has them like participating in. A book club oh, the, together. The book club. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and then I went back and looked, and this is not the first time it's happened during COVID. Um, he, there was book clubs going on with the kind of the growth mindset books. Right. He had their book clubs. This is a common thing the Orioles do. How is that Zoom book club meetings? How do we get into this happy. book club? How do we get into this book club? Because uh, there's two reasons. One, I'd be interested to read the books that he's having the Orioles read. Two. Yeah. I want to just sit back on that Zoom meeting as the Oriole players talk about, like, and share their thoughts about a book. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm offering my services. I, I have my doctorate in literacy. My whole dissertation was on was on reading groups um, of English teachers, but at any rate, still re- reading groups. And so um, I would like to offer my services as a literacy expert to lead these book clubs for the bottom Orioles. So All right. So you're not so you're not out. starting a 336 book club. You're saying, "Hey Orioles, I'll yeah. do one for your players." I mean, if we want to read what they're reading, I, I read the previous book that they read. Um, was a book called Growth Mindset. We did this in school years ago. Um, and this this book they're reading now, he just called Legacy. Yeah. So I, 
I did you try looking it up? There's a couple books out there that it could be. Yeah. I looked it up too, but then it was, I thought it was something about legacy and it was like a baseball book or something. Yes. There's like, a, I think it's like a historical book about baseball called legacy, but I wasn't sure if it's that one anyway. Um, but yeah, no, we can start. Do you want to start our own book club here, Josh, and read the same books the Orioles are reading? If we can find out what books yeah. they're reading, and if, come if, up some, for it. if some listeners are interested, we'll do the three three six book club. But we need to get an insider that can tell us what the Oriole book clubs are doing, so we do the same exact books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even though we can't converse with them about the books, no, we can't converse with them. Yeah. We just want to be the awkward people reading the same books. Exactly. So we know you what know. they're thinking. Yeah, because we want to be next time you have those awesome seats at the Bay Sox and Adley's in the dugout. You can be, hey, so what do you think of what did you think about chapter two of Legacy? Yeah. What about that ending? Did you see that one coming? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't can you see believe that, that Thomas did it? The whole it was him the whole time? Yeah, that's what I want to be able to say. Exactly. That's the type of conversations we want to have with players. Yeah. So but I thought that was pretty cool. Um because that that Josh also shows this commitment to um, not just hitting the ball, but it's part of this kind of team building, right? It's part of team building, and it's part of this kind of also this the mental side of the game yeah. and the team building. And I think those are th- good things to see. We talked about the team building with D.L. Hall, Grace Rodriguez, and Adley Rutschman. This seems, again, you're trying to build this culture of winning and kind of where players like each other and, and work together and all that stuff. And this is kind of like – they're baseball players. They're on the road all the time. They're on planes. They're on uh, planes. They're in hotel rooms all the time. Like a book club seems like something that like if I was living that lifestyle, I would want a book club. It makes a lot of sense. It's like the next, like, I don't want to just talk to you about what I'm watching on Netflix every day. Cause I'm going to quickly run out of Netflix. Yeah. And this so. is, and this, I mean, as a guy who's participated in many book clubs myself, um, it's not always about the book too, right? It's about just talking about your lives and, and you're always kind of making first connections to your reading. And, and so all that stuff I think is healthy. Right. And it pushes back against this notion that Michael Elias and Sigma Dell only care about um, numbers and, a- and analytics because this is very much a human component, right? Yeah, because you're right. I've never been in a book club, but I've been in lots of Bible studies same and lots thing. of like yeah. small group type things, which is the same thing of coming together over something. And you might and talk about like, the Bible, but you also talk about your lives. Yeah, You talk about your lives and then you get to know each other, everyone better. And yeah. you all become part of everyone's lives. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense for bonding as a team. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a really healthy thing yeah. to do. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what else these guys are doing. These high schoolers that you never hear about. How many, guess, how many anger management problem. books do you think, uh, Elias has sent to manager Hyde? Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's sending any books to him because he's like, I'm not investing yeah. in you. You're not part of the, my future <laughs> right. anyway. I'll invest in Kobe Mayo because he's part of my, my, my future, but yeah, this that guy's was... gone in a year, so I'm not going to invest in him. I don't know if he's gone in a year or not. He's, he's but... gone in a year. He's done, Josh. He's done. Do you think he's done? I think he's done. I think he's a, sick, he's a lame duck. Then I mean, if so, next year would be the time to bring the guy in, right? Whoever you want for the future. Yeah, I want I want Adley Rutschman as player coach. That's what as I'm player coach. Yeah. How about Brady? Can Brady come back? Brady's kind of disappeared. Well, I thought your boy, um, um, Cody, um, and he's like, why not Jim Palmer? <laughs> no, we don't want Jim Palmer as a manager. <laughs> that was like Jim Palmer want, does not have the patience. Jim Palmer Rick Dempsey combination. No, no, I want if someone. I, here's the problem: if Jim yeah. Palmer was in the dugout, he would walk out to that pitcher and say, "Just give me the ball. I'll take care of it." Yeah, my my, my favorite idea is people suggest bringing up Buck Britton 
promoting Buck Britton with Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall and Adley Rutschman, all these guys. Like that's promote a cool story. next year and then yeah. promote Buck Britton to the majors. Like, that's that's cool. cool to me. So I don't cool. know if you want a guy without kind of major coaching experience. I don't know if you want to go that route with young players too. It might be better to have a guy who's been around yeah. a long time. Um, Maybe yeah, we don't have, but you're right. Buck Britton, if you're promoting in-house, Buck Britton's the guy. I think he's the, the minor league coach you're excited about. And he, and he fits that wave of kind of former players, right, which has now become really popular to have former players right. who recently, younger players who recently played. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. no, if we were bringing in announcers, I'd say bring Ben McDonald in. I think he would do a good job. As far as the best announcers to could be our manager, you would rank – Ben McDonald over Jim Palmer over Jim Palmer over Scott Garso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Mel- Melanie Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Brett Hollander. Oh, I like Brett, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over Kevin Brett. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Kevin Brown would look like a little. Kevin Brown's like a little kid. He, he can't. He can't be up there. Yeah, he can be the Bat Boy. Over, um, who's the guy who's also on 1057, the fan, who's sometimes on there, does the... Rob Long? Oh, yeah, over Rob Long. <laughs> yeah, over Rob Long. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would probably, but, yeah, I probably want a manager over an announcer to be my manager. Right, but I, I agreed. Let's bring someone with a little bit of manager experience. It doesn't have to be major league experience, but it's got to be someone with respect. And, uh, well, Chris Davis showed us, what, two years ago that no one respects manager Hyde. When he tried yeah. to fight, <laughs> fight Hyde in the dugout. Yeah, it's a, this is a really interesting time as far as being a manager goes, right? Because what's in now is the manager Hyde as being yes. kind of this player's coach, right? Like manager Hyde very much is player's coach. He's reluctant to criticize, reluctant to kind of, kind of call people out. Like he yeah. seems to be, he wants to kind of be your buddy and be your friend. That seemed kind of different from Buck Showalter. That seemed kind of different than... Uh, maybe that old guy for the White Sox who's managing there, and they're having some success. So, sort of? Yeah. <laughs> sort of? Isn't that sorta. old guy from the White Sox? No. no. Um, uh, Lou uh, Pinella. But, but, Lou Pinella. Okay, where's Lasorda? Tommy Lasorda? Is he still alive? Uh, who am I thinking of that? He's from the Dodgers. Joe Torre, uh, maybe, you're thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of. I don't know who I'm thinking of then. Tommy Lasorda was the old Dodgers. Yeah, I know he was. Dodgers coach. I thought he was still coaching. No, I don't even know if he's. Well, I'm going to say I don't know if he's still alive. I don't think he's still alive, to be honest. I thought he like recently passed away or something. <laughs> he did die in January. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to yeah. say that when he, he did. He's managing the Angels. Yeah. Oh no, that that, that that's your guy, Joe Madden. That, that's who you want. Can we get Joe Madden over here? <laughs> I, I do like Joe Madden. I am yeah. a Joe Madden fan. Um, yeah. but, I. I don't think there's any existing managers in Major League Baseball that I would want to bring over to the Orioles. Yeah. I mean, this, this offseason, managers, one of the decisions, I think this offseason is going to be fascinating for the Orioles. And this, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, but I think we're going to see, like, I think it's really going to be an interesting time for Mike Elias, right? Because when you have this crop of young pitchers and players, and Adley Rutschman, Grace Marie Diallo, hopefully at some point next year they'll be ready to join the majors. Tony La Russa was the guy I was trying to think of in okay, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Tony La Russa in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um, to- Tony La Russa is a guy. Um, these, these old managers. Um, managers who were managing when we were kids. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but it, as far as free agent signings, right? Like, do you try to be, and I don't, like, not, not, not your Galvez signings, not your Franco signings, but I mean, is this the off seasons to go actually get impact major players? I would hope um, so. I wanted Bauer this season. 
So yeah. the fact that they didn't do anything this season, I, again, I'm hopeful for next season. I think it was tough to make the argument this season, but for next season, when you're going to have this influx of young players. And you Ryan, can't have, you cannot go into next season with a starting rotation like you have right now. That's complete crap. And we're not even halfway through the season yet. Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Elias, is he going to sign another Matt Harvey, Felix Hernandez type, or is he going to go out and sign like two legitimate starters? I mean, that's, that's going to be the question. Yeah. And is he going to fill legitimate needs in the infield? And he doesn't have to fill every hole, but he needs to fill a couple of holes if right. we want to be competitive next year. And we can be competitive next year. Um, but is he going to bet? Like, there's a bunch of good shortstops. I thought I saw rumors that Carlos Correa Cur- Cur- being a free agent, that connection with Houston. Like, do you want to sign him to a five, six, seven year deal? Um, and kind of like the Padres did with Manny Machado, where the Padres yeah. stunk when they signed Manny Machado. And they signed him, and then these, you know, players started to get promoted to, to the majors, and they, all of a sudden they were good. And that's the position Norris could be in. And then you sell yourselves to these players the same way the Padres sold themselves to Manny. As yep. We know we're not good, but look at this farm system. And now we can say that. We can say our farm system's good, exactly. and the players are close. They're, right. they're close. And if the Orioles go into next offseason and and present us ahead spring training with a $40 million club again, yep. like this season, I'm going to be severely annoyed and irritated. Yeah. Because it is. This is the turning point where now it's time to get ready. Yeah, enjoy it, Orioles. Get get your number two draft pick this year. Get your number two draft pick yeah. this year, and then go out next year and try to compete and win. And because right. you don't want to call up Adley to a team of Matt Harvey and Jorge Lopez's, and like that, that's not what you want from. for, and for Adley, Adley doesn't take a team from uh, seventy wins to ninety five wins. Adley and Grayson don't. Yeah, right. Adley and Grayson don't. You need to get this team up to eighty wins. And then you bring those guys up, and you put you put together a team that can get you to 500, and then you bring those guys up, and that's the magic that pushes you a little further. Yeah, and it's not saying that we expect to make the playoffs next year. That's not what we're saying. No. But you got to start filling some of these holes. You can't. You got to start filling them, with, and you can't even fill them with little scotch tape. You got to get some real solutions mm-hmm. to some of these positions. And you cannot lose 100 games. No, you can't. Because, Josh, even when we call up Deal Hall and Grace Rodriguez, they were kind of starters. Like that's two starters and maybe John means is still there. Right. Okay. You still need more starters. So yes. how about you sign a legitimate starter to a, you know, three year deal with an option for a fourth or something. Right. And, and, and then see what happens. But we, um, we get the whole save money concept, but now it's time to spend. Yeah. And maybe like you spend a little bit this off season and then 2023, you find out what your real needs are and then you go for it. Right. As right. we win the World Series. But we know we know what the, we can project, just like we're projecting that D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, Adley will all be up here. We can also project uh, we won't have a shortstop for three or four years. We won't we won't have five starters. We know where these holes are that we can project and know what to sign guys for. Yeah. Gun, uh, yeah. Gunnar uh, Henderson. Yeah. Gunnar Henderson's exciting. He just got promoted to high A ball. Yeah. He's, He's 19 years out. He's 19. Um that's why one of the frustrating things for me, Josh, and we can kind of wrap this thing up, but Jemai Jones um, still being at Norfolk. Like, I want to know, is he the solution at second base or not? So it would be nice to actually see him play second base for the yeah. Orioles. Yeah. Well, that's what irritates me about uh, Stevie Wilkerson and um, these guys. These are not part of the future. We've seen them and they were placeholders in past years. Uh Show me a guy that you think can be here next year. 
Right. And I think Jemai Jones can. Um, but I think we have to find out. Like, do we need to get second baseman or Jemai yeah. Jones the guy? Let's bring him to the majors, have him play, you know, over half the season with the Orioles and find out is this guy, can this guy be your starting second baseman next, next year? Because you're right, shortstop, there's no answers at Norfolk or at right. Bowie, really. Tevin, Taron Vavra is the closest guy. Um, and third base, too. You're kind of waiting on the Jordan yeah. Westbergs and your. Gunnar Henderson's. And it's kind of like what we did with DJ Stewart has gotten a lot of playing time this season. Unfortunately, it's kind of showed us he's not a guy for the future. Yeah. But you had, you need to do that now. Like Diaz. Diaz will probably come up end of July uh, and get some playing time in the outfield because he's another guy that we got to see if he's part of this future. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like next year Diaz is going to be the, but Stewart was th- this year and hopefully they'll get another chance next year. Right. But Diaz's big thing is staying healthy. And so I hope they can do yes. that. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we All had right. to do, I had to do a little shorter episode this week to squeeze things in. But uh, if people want more 336, I uh, finally got around to putting up the uh, episode where you share your story, Matt, about almost dying in Africa. Okay. So, Here's how you can get it. You can go on over to, to 336 and choose support and be support us on Patreon for $3.36. Or now in the Apple Podcast app, you can be a subscriber versus, I don't know, something else But that they now call if you subscribe to the podcast. But you can be what they call subscribers, as in you support us monthly in there for, I think there's $5 in there per month, and you get free bonus episodes. But here's the thing. If you go on over to Apple Podcasts, you can get a three-day free trial, which is enough for you to download the three Storytime episodes we've put out so far, including the Matt Dies in Africa episode that I just put out today. So go check that out on Patreon or on the Apple Podcasts app. And we'll be doing some more bonus episodes uh, Coming up, I know Zany's going to come join us in uh, mid-July when we take a family vacation all together, and we'll do a few bonus stuff then as well. Yeah, those are always fun episodes. So uh, if you don't want to pay us, that's fine. Go get the free trial over on Apple so you can check out those stories. It's been a while since we posted them. Yep. And while you're at Apple, go ahead and give us a five-star review. We always appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow yeah. Josh on Twitter. You know, Matt, I was thinking what? about the uh, iTunes review. I think you should give a word that you want people to use in the reviews. So, like, so we know that they're posting it this week. That you, need, you, want them, you give them a word that they need to come up with and put into their review. Mm. A All right. challenge. All right. Yeah, do, do you want me to give a word? Yeah, give a word. That what? way we know if you're a real 336er leaving us a review, you're going to use the uh, the word, this word. And maybe we'll uh, have a prize if someone if you use this word. Well, we'll come the, up with something. In, in the, in, uh, so we're talking about book clubs. Um, we can make it general as to say the name of a book or the name of the book that was mentioned in the article that the guys are reading was Legacy. Right, so, so they use the word Legacy. Right. You don't have to say the book. Talk no. about the book. You just have to use the word Legacy. Somehow incorporate the word Legacy right, in your review. Right. So I'll, we'll send a prize to the first person to use Legacy in an iTunes review. Is it going to be an Austin Hayes um, Top Gun <laughs> bobblehead? It will not. It will not be. It will not be. It'll probably be a 336 shirt. Right, or it will be a 336 shirt. I'll send a 336 shirt to the first person to use Legacy. The first coconut to use Legacy in the iTunes yeah. review. All right. 
Josh, how can they follow you on Twitter? <laughs> At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.